There's a connection between today's customer and tomorrow's interactive talk technology, but it's not just question and answer time, and it goes beyond the chatbot. Increasingly, it's moving toward a relationship, and the devices consumers talk to will help them make their best financial decisions. But how can banking leaders pave the way to make this unprecedented change a reality? To find out, we'll be talking with Michelle Moore, head of digital banking for Bank of America. Welcome to BAI Banking Strategies, where each week we'll focus on the key issues facing financial services leaders. We'll bring you objective opinions and actionable insights that will help you power smart decisions. I'm your host, Lou Carloso, the managing editor of BAI. Come on in. Thanks again for tuning into the podcast. 2018 is off to a rip-roaring start, thanks to you. And today on the program, the Digital Banker of the Year, as named by American banker Michelle Moore. Michelle is head of digital banking for Bank of America, and in this role, she's responsible for developing and executing Bank of America's mobile and online strategy, roadmap, and transformation strategy. And now here's the kicker. Bank of America is now closing in on 40 million digital customers. That includes nearly 25 million mobile banking app users. That's quite a bit of responsibility, Michelle. Thank you for being here today. I want to learn more about this, and I'm sure our listeners do too. Sure. Thank you. It's my pleasure. The American Banker article talks about your obsession with customer perceptions. Tell us why that's so important to you and how that makes it possible to reach the goals you have at Bank of America. As you know, Bank of America's vision, our purpose is to make the financial lives better for our customers. In particular, what strikes me is the time that I've spent managing call centers and sitting next to our agents who are taking the phone calls that come in from our customers every day and thinking that, gosh, I have an opportunity to help solve that problem, to help make their financial lives better. And it's just something that I wake up to every day and just have this drive for understanding how can I help customers? There are easy things that we can do. There are some things that will take longer than others, but everything that we do should be driven around what the customer needs. And to that end, Erica, Sounds very exciting. And if I'm not mistaken, Erica, was your idea, or at the very least, you were there at the very beginning when Erica was conceived. Tell us a little bit about what the goals are in terms of Erica once she goes fully online. Erica, by the way, is the chatbot that Bank of America has developed and is really getting a lot of attention lately. Erica inception was probably about a year and a half ago, where if you think about what was happening in other industries with Siri, with Alexa, with Google Home, and we're really moving into a voice generation. My kids are going to grow up speaking to inanimate objects in our house. I believe I read just last week that there are over 60 million Americans who speak to these devices. And one of the things that Bank of America, I think, does quite well is pay attention to what's going on in their surroundings. And Erica was part of that, which is, number one, we can see this trend towards voice. Number two, if you look at companies like Google and Amazon, Facebook, others, what do they do well is they use data at scale. And Bank of America has a lot of data on one very specific important thing in your life, which is your financial well-being. 
the thought was, how do you take that personal relationship and scale it to the over 45 million households that we have? And you can do that through artificial intelligence, through these chatbots, if you will. I think Erica's beyond a chatbot. I think she provides more information than just what are your balances and what's my account number and routing number. Yes, help customers do all of their basic transactions. Anything that you need to do, what is my FICO score? What was my FICO score last month? Can you lock my debit card unlock? But it has to go beyond that. So letting customers know, hey, you're about to overdraw your account. Something looks odd in your spending. Hey, here are all these subscriptions that you have upcoming. Are these subscriptions the ones that you still want to do? How can we help you get ahead of some of those things that you know really drive you crazy? What about savings coach? So Erica, how can I save more money? And we show you all the different ways where we see excess cash, spending that maybe you could cut back on. But really, Erica is meant to be a true virtual financial assistant. What needs to happen to move chatbots forward, in your opinion? Whether it's chatbots or really just think about digital mobile banking, we still have a significant number of households who don't use mobile banking as often as I think they could. And whether it's mobile banking or chatbots, it's all around education, the value proposition. Like, what do you get? Why should you use mobile banking? There are so many features that we have available to customers. And I think we're just scratching the surface of helping customers understand everything out there to help them live their financial lives in a much better way. You may have this suite of services, these exciting new things going on, but customers need to know that they're there and need some help learning how to use them so that they can get the most out of them. That's right. Now, in terms of how you wound up where you are, when Bank of America asked you to run digital, you said, I play we with my kids. That's about all I know. Why take the job then? Why take on this challenge? Because I love challenges, because I love learning new things. I'm really a student of education and understanding what can I do to help the business go forward. I've had the opportunity to work in many roles from finance to commercial banking to customer experience to managing call centers to working on where our financial centers go. And digital was just another one, which is if I apply the principles of making businesses move forward, whether it was digital, something I understood. I mean, I didn't really understand commercial banking when I went over there, but what I knew was to listen. I needed to listen to my teammates. I needed to listen to the folks who are out there every day talking to customers. I needed to listen to customers themselves. Once you gather all of that data, then you're surrounded by great partners who can help you build what needs to be built to move it forward. And so the way I tech any new job, the first 90 days is all about listening and learning. Listening and learning. Wow, that sounds like something uh, this podcast host could (laughs) need to incorporate into my learning curve. Um, (laughs) Now, it sounds like there's a common thread. It's helping to grow the customer relationship. What have you learned in your travels, including with this latest job when it comes to making that relationship excel and giving customers not only what they want, but what they need? It's in the way customers tell you what they want. They don't say, hey, I sure do wish I had a voice assistant in the mobile app. What they have said was, I sure do wish 
that someone had my back, that someone was looking out for me, that someone was telling me I had these three bills coming due. Then our job is to take those words and figure out, okay, well, how do you deliver that back to customers? And then again, you look around and see what's going on out in the industry. And if you think about what customers are doing every single day, they're not leaving our app and going to another financial institution app. They're leaving our app, probably going to Amazon or Facebook or Snapchat or Instagram or some other favorite app that they have. We have to pay attention to all of those apps to understand how customers are living their lives. And all of that, you put all of that together is really how you help to drive the business forward. We hear all the time about this supposedly adversarial relationship between the fintechs and the big banks and one is on the disruption end and one is on the conventional end. But those seem like really arbitrary divisions and there's a much more nuanced view of things, one that I know you have. Share that with us. Sure. My view is more of all of us can live together in this ecosystem. I think whenever there's the new disruptors, what are they going to bring? What's going to happen to the industry? What actually happens is we all learn from each other. For example, we have fabulous relationships with Apple and Google. We're doing our part to help drive Apple Pay, Google Pay. Everything that we do is to give our customers choice. And I learn a lot, whether it's a small fintech startup all the way up to the big guys. And we have fabulous partnerships. So I would say that everyone should be learning from each other and also figuring out how to partner together because it's really not about us. It's about the customer. So true. And yet that is always going to be a never-ending journey, a never-ending challenge. What do you find most challenging about what you do and what do you find the most rewarding? The most challenging, I think, goes back to really just wishing that the customers would take advantage of everything that they have available to them, whether it is all the capabilities in mobile or all of our services, our features with preferred rewards, just helping your money to go a long way. And for me, the most rewarding, both internal and external, when I have teammates come up to me and say, thank you for launching you know, XYZ, most recently Erica. They're so proud and I get up every day to come to work and to know that there are teammates who are just so proud of our company, who view us as an innovator and a leader. And for me, that just makes me smile every day when I go home. Lots of reasons to smile and certainly you've made me smile today and you're also giving our listeners a lot to think about. Thank you so much, Michelle, for being on the podcast today. You're welcome. It was really my pleasure. Michelle Moore is head of digital banking for Bank of America. She is also American Bankers Digital Banker of the Year. Be sure to look for Michelle on LinkedIn. And here are three key takeaways from today's podcast. Number one, the next generation of banking consumers will be a voice generation. Today, 60 million people speak to devices running the gamut from Apple's Siri to Amazon's Alexa. So pay attention to the trends towards voice and artificial intelligence. The next wave of interactive technology will not just provide information, but also address pain points and issues that include overdraft protection, savings coaching, and how to best allocate money 
to build wealth. Number two, it's not enough to provide a new suite of digital services. Customer education is the key to unlocking understanding. Help people see not just what's available, but also how it works and why they need it. And number three, the bywords for the next wave of digital banking are listen and learn. If you're tackling new challenges, listen to your teammates. Listen to the employees on the front lines with consumers, and most of all, listen to consumers themselves. Then learn, not just from the feedback you get, but also from potential fintech partners from small startups to major players. Listen, learn, then look for ways to turn your wisdom into winning. BAI's Loan Review Certificate Program helps you gain the skills and expertise to make smart business decisions as you manage your organization's credit and loan portfolios. Save $200 when you register for our April course by March 15th. Use the code L20. Learn more at BAI.org seminars. And now BAI Banking Strategies brings you the aha moment where our podcast guest shines a light on that point in time where realization, revelation, or exploration made all the difference in their financial services career. What gives us a drive to win, the will to succeed? This much is true. It can't be reduced to technique or something you learn in a book. But listen to how Michelle Moore wrote the book on grit and persistence in her 2013 Chicago Marathon run. It's a moment you could literally call her big break. Listen. I was running my third Chicago Marathon. I hadn't run in 10 years because I went off and had a family and took some time away from working out. But over the summer of 2013, I trained for 18 weeks to run Chicago. Leading up to the race, I started to feel some pain in my foot, but I just figured it was fatigue or who knew what it was, but I wasn't about to give up. I trained too hard. On the day of the race, I remember getting to mile 17, looking at the mile marker and thinking, gosh, I only have single digit miles to go. So nine more miles to go and I am home free. At literally that exact same moment when I had that thought, I felt this crushing pain in my foot. And so I looked down and I thought, gosh, did I hit a pothole? Did I run over a rock? Did I twist it on a curb? And there was nothing there. It was flat road. And I thought, wow, that is pain I have never felt before. But I kept running. I trained too hard and I was not going to quit. And I remember getting to mile 20, telling my husband, I have never felt pain like this before. And there was really no way to get across the finish line, but to keep going. At mile 24, I had a brilliant idea that, oh, maybe I should just stop and massage my foot. Well, that was a really bad idea because my quad muscles started cramping up. So I threw my shoe back on and I basically walk, run the rest of the 2.2 miles to go. And I finished that marathon in under five hours. I then proceeded to walk another mile to my hotel, get ready, go through the entire O'Hare airport, fly home to Charlotte. And the next morning when I woke up, I could not put pressure on my foot. My foot was probably three times its size. I went to the emergency room. The doctor came back with the x-ray, threw it at me and said, your foot is broken. So at mile 17, I broke my foot and I still ran the last nine miles because I was committed to a goal. I was committed to the mission and I needed to win. 
Thanks for tuning into our podcast, and 2018 is a great time to do a number of things through BAI.org. First of all, if you haven't done so, subscribe to our daily newsletter. It's free to sign up. And be sure to check out our ever-growing archive of podcasts. Also, be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter to stay up to date on BAI's latest and greatest. You can catch me on LinkedIn. Be sure to connect. I'm Lou Carloso, the managing editor of BAI. We'll see you soon. So long.